0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. It's that time of the week where you get to ask Chris any kind of question that you have about Babies and young children. Chris has over 30 years experience. Mm. She can help you with everything from settling to sleep routines to feeding. Uh, If you've got a question, give us a call. Actually, there are a number of ways that you can reach us if you're watching us live via facebook now you can give us a call on 1-800-543-772 if you're watching us on that facebook and you don't want to call you can pop your questions underneath the video if you're listening to us via the podcast send us an email to helpline at parentbrand.com.au and chris will answer your question next week Chris, hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm really Doing well. Doing well. Okay, well, let's get cracking, let's get helping people. Our first question comes from Rachel. who has an 18-month-old. This was on email. About six months ago, my 18-month-old was bitten quite badly at daycare when he wouldn't give up a toy he was playing with. And I understand that these things happen, but I'm wondering if he's still feeling the effects. Now when another child approaches him, he freezes, looks nervous, and then the child just takes his toy from him without resistance and he looks pretty sad. Can I do anything to make him feel a bit more secure and confident when playing with other kids or will he just get over it in time?
1: I think he'll just get over it in time because not a lot of 18-month-olds know how to negotiate um, play at that age. So it is a tug of war, like it's a grab, push, and then that's mine. They don't have that cognitive development until they're a bit older. So I think he's hesitant because the big bite did hurt. But I, as long as he's in a loving, caring environment and that you're, you're demonstrating how to share, so it's Tom's turn for the truck and you can have a turn later, then I think in time it'll just sort itself out. But generally speaking, 18-month-olders don't know how to interact in that type of play. It is a grab and a snatch. So I'd go with just mimicking good behaviour as much as you can, where you can, and I'm sure in time he will just develop a pattern of being able to to communicate and into- and integrate with other children of his same age. And you can also talk to childcare, right? Because I know where yeah.
0: my kids go. But they'll do the same thing. Well, the teachers where um, my son is at, if they notice something like that happening and they know that your son has already had that experience, they'll come up and intervene. And Yeah, that's sure. what I mean.
1: That's that's what they're already doing. Yeah, They're already knowing that that's how 18-month-olders integrate um, and that they would be aware of that. So... It'd be a, day, a bad daycare if they weren't addressing that yeah. problem. But this is more about what maybe Rachel can do. Okay. So Rachel can, you know, mimic that behaviour. And, and also that 18-month-olds do have difficulty in transferring toys because they don't know. Everything's theirs. Remember, the 18-month-old is the centre of their own world um, and I think just giving him those verbal cues, this is how we share, it's time for him to have a toy, those sorts of things, in time, he'll just, he'll be able to mimic that back. And with language, he'll be able to ask. But he's just a bit hesitant because the bite was a big bite. But mm. I don't think he's remembering the bite. I, don't, I think he's just, it was more the confrontation than the actual physical bite. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't quite have that much cognitive memory if that makes sense hopefully that makes you
0: feel better yeah. rachel it's a bit hard seeing your child do go through that but yeah. he'll be right uh the next question comes from nicole with a nine month old i have a question about shifting from two naps to one a day Yeah. while i realize it's some time off i'm not sure how to make schedule adjustments as we go or um without affecting night sleep and self-settling. So currently they're doing two one-hour, 20-minute naps most days. He wakes around 6.30 to 7. Um, Sometimes she has to wake him up at 7. He's up close to three hours before the first nap and then around three and a half hours before the second nap with about three and a half hours before bed at night, so around yeah. down at around 7.15. As his awake times increase, his second nap is pushing later and later, and he's starting to become difficult at bedtime some nights. He's clearly tired, but seems to have more energy to fight it if he has woken up at 3.45 from his nap compared to 3.15. How do I manage the increasing awake times as they get older and the second nap no- moves later? He is usually a good self-settler, unless I get his awake times wrong. So I hope you can assist, and I keep his good self go- self-settling going. He rarely wakes overnight needing assistance, unless teething, but does often wake around five five thirty a.m. Stirs for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and then goes back down to sleep.
1: So that sounds pretty good, but um, and he's sleeping really well. Two one and a half hour sleeps is is excellent. But he's not going to change to one sleep until he is 14 months old. And the sleep timeframes between the, the sleeps aren't going to change either. So those sleep times that you have, which is almost smack bang where they should be, is where he will stay till he's closer to 14 months. The only adjustment that I might make in that is the first sleep of the day, I might bring that by the time he's 12 months down to a one-hour sleep so that the second sleep of the day is longer. And Because that longer sleep phase is the one that becomes one sleep. So if they're having two short sleeps, sometimes when you put them on one sleep, they just have one short sleep. So that out of what you've got there, that's the only adjustment that I would make before around 14 months. So he's not going to stay awake longer. I think the behavior you're seeing towards the end of the day is more about you know, you putting him down and leaving and he might have been having stories and some fun time than it is about your timing or about the sleep windows, because that sounds amazing what he's doing.
0: I'm very impressed. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I think you're doing really well. He's not going to stay awake for longer. And I think um, most children can wake up between 3.30 and 4 and still go down at 7 or even 7.30, depending on you know, how wakeful they are. So I think what you're seeing at 7.15 is probably more about being put down at, not being put down at 7.15, but being put down. And he's had some time and attention with mum and dad. So I think it will sort itself out in the long run, but you're doing really, really well.
0: Excellent. I like that. Yeah. A good result. Um, this comes from Jodie from Facebook. She says uh, she has a 25-month-old. Any advice for a 25-month-old who keeps coming into our room at night we keep walking her back to her room, but it can take up to two hours to get her back to sleep. Mm. She also wakes early, around 5, 5.30. We have reduced her day nap to one hour and have also tried earlier and later bedtimes. So currently, it's at 7. We also have a newborn, so I know this may be affecting her.
1: It's not actually probably the newborn. I mean, that plays an element, but she's only just two. And personally, she's young for a bed. Because if she's walking into you, she's in a bed, not a cot. So I suspect she's come out of the cot too early. And this is common. So if we take away the newborn baby just for the moment, this is really common when we take babies out of their cot too early, where they might sleep on a bed for a month and then suddenly they're out all the time. So she's only 25 months, so she's only quite literally just turned two. And I think that that's where the problem has probably stemmed from. But you're doing the right thing by walking her back. But I have been known, and clients of mine, if they're listening, will know this, is I put them back in their cot because that's what she's sort of looking for. She's looking for that security and that comfort. Does it matter how long she's been out of the cot? No. Just... I've put I've put I've put kids back in their cot after six months. Yeah, because for six months they've been having this really disturbed night and and they adjust you know. well to going back into well, the cot. Well, it's what they that, it's actually what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for that sort of smallness and the security of the cot. Um, but you, in actual fact, to answer the question about her getting out of bed and coming into you, you are doing the right thing by walking her back to bed. And sometimes we even put a gate on the door so she doesn't walk around the house because she's very young and we'd hate her to go left where she should be going right. Um, so sometimes we put a gate on the door, of her the door frame and that will at least keep her in the room and then when she calls out you can go and you can walk her back to her bed just to keep her safe because she's quite young um but walking her back to bed is the answer Um, Reducing her day's sleep just makes her more overtired in the day and actually makes it more difficult. So for a two-year-old, I would think they would need about an hour and a half sleep. So we could probably give her a little bit more and you could probably enjoy a little bit more. Um, I'd put her down at 12.30, get her up at two and put her to bed at 7.30. So currently you're trying to get her down at seven, but where she would normally be needing to go to bed at 7.30. So I would make sure that she's not overtired by the time you're putting her to bed because I think it would make it much more difficult. So let her have a little bit more sleep. Put her down slightly later. See if that helps but you are doing the right thing by putting her back to sleep. But I wouldn't rule out putting her back in the cot.
0: Mm -hmm. Good luck Jodie. This email comes from Rafika. My boy is eight months old and will be going to daycare in less than two months. He's currently breastfed and eating solids twice a day but rarely eats more than 100 grams per meal. He currently has three milk milk feeds and gets milk after eating solids as well. Once he goes to daycare, I'd like to continue breastfeeding him early mornings and evenings before bed for a few more months. We've been trying to get him to take the bottle and very rarely succeed. Mm. We also bought a 360 cup that he uses to sip water, but I can't see him drinking a lot of milk using it yet. A pediatrician told me that some ba- with some babies it's best to just stop breeding, breastfeeding completely and that bubs will take the bottle after a few days. I- really don't feel like trying that and would love some other options.
1: I think we've got a few options. I've got two babies at the moment where we've had to just stop the breastfeeding and they're still fighting us four days later. So some babies, especially when they get up to eight or nine months, have the ability to hold out for a very long time. Um, The first thing I can see from this is he's taken an awful lot of fluid. So it seems that he's getting three good breastfeeds and two after his meal. So he's having five breastfeeds in the day and two meals. So we're going to first look at changing this around because I think it'll make the adjustment to daycare a little bit easier. Did he, Is he going to just daycare when he's nine months old? Is that right? Or he going soon? Less than
0: two months. So. Okay. So
1: it'll be nine right. or 10 months old. Yeah. Okay. So at, at eight months, he would have four breastfeeds in the day and he'd have three meals. So he'd have a breastfeed when he wakes up. Little breastfeed after his first more. Oh, sorry. A breastfeed when he wakes up, breakfast. Um, the amount is right, about 100 grams. Little breastfeed after he wakes up from his first sleep, lunch. Another little breastfeed before he goes to bed. Then when he gets up, he might have an afternoon snack, dinner, and a breastfeed before he goes to bed. So, At nine months, so we don't know if he's closer to nine months or closer to eight months, but at nine months, he only has three breastfeeds and three meals. And that's going to make it easier when you go back to daycare. So once you get him on three breastfeeds and three meals, so breastfeed in the morning breakfast, snack when he gets up from his morning sleep, lunch, breastfeed before he goes down to the afternoon sleep, dinner, breastfeed before he goes down at night. Then I think you're in the right stream for him to go to daycare because then what happens is you'll breastfeed in the morning and breastfeed at night, and in the middle of the day they'll just offer him milk in a cup, so he can they can just put you know a hundred mils and he'll be nine months or ten months by then, so he could have a little bit of cow's milk, and they could just get him sipping out of that across the time. You won't have to worry about that one breastfeed on the days. He, that he goes to daycare so have a think about what he's doing now decrease those breastfeeds a little and add his third meal in and then get him into that nice nine month routine and i think you'll be fine for going to daycare
0: chris minogue and helpline on Feedplay play love will be back answering more questions right after this When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand.
1: I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a
0: lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This question comes from M by email. I have a nearly four-year-old and this is about his poo. Oh. He is toilet trained (laughs) day and night and has been since around three years old. However, he will only poo in In a a nappy. He seems to hold on to his poo for a few days and will only go if we coax and sometimes bribe him to do so. We try to do this daily, but more often than not he will only cooperate every second day or so. On some occasions he'll he'll refuse and it can go as long as four days and by this time he is very, very grumpy and angry. Mm. After a poo, he knows he feels much better and his behaviour is back to normal and being kind and happy. He's not constipated as once he's made the decision to do it, he generally just goes off and does it. He has normal diet and fluid intake. We've tried pop Potties, steps, etc and he's always preferred the big toilet, and he's happy he happily wees in the big toilet. We often privately term him Poopola and <laughs> As he is completely different, child pre poo as opposed to post poo. When it goes on for a few days, this can't be good for him. Is this at all normal? That's completely normal. You know, when I was reading this, I was like, this sounds really familiar. And a very good friend of mine was saying she had exactly the same problem, problem. with her three year old.
1: Oh, loads of, loads and loads of people. I think if, if you've got a group of parents to, to talk honestly, they all have this problem, they just deal with it differently. The first thing, he's a four year old now, and he sort of knows what's going on here and it's a little bit of control and it's a little bit I don't want to do it so the first thing I do is never use bribery and corruption he's got to do a poo and then what we're doing is making it safe by giving him a nappy and we often use that technique on a child that's first um, toilet training where we give him a nappy to do the poop in some people will have the opinion that he'll grow out of it eventually yeah but how long is that piece of string And other people force it and it becomes a real issue. And I think what we need to do is take a completely normal episode of giving him the idea that he can do it. So I would say to him, you know, we've been doing poops now in a nappy, but you're a big boy. We don't need to do that anymore. So here are 10 nappies. And once these 10 nappies are gone, you're going to have to do your poop in the toilet. So we've mentioned this long before we've actually done it. The second thing is, um, as you're getting closer to the end of the 10 nappies, then what I would do is I'd do a concentrated sit on the toilet. They need to sit for about five minutes on the toilet and it's very helpful if his knees are slightly, slightly higher than his hips because he'd be in a better position to do a poop. This is probably getting into too much information, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon so Emma's all the info you can give her. Then you sit there. You don't mention whether you're going to do a poop or not, but weirdly you keep doing this at least once a day. You just got to work out whether it's the morning or the evening that he's most likely to do it because he's not constipated. So don't worry about the two days and the three days. He's not constipated. So then just read a book. Completely ignore why we're sitting here, but read a book and keep him there for five minutes. And then weirdly, as his body relaxes and he's in the right position, he'll probably do a poop. And at that point, it's a big high five. It's not, we'll go and buy you a new car because you did that. Because he'll go, okay, well, what's the next thing you're going to give me? Mm -hmm. So let's give him warning and expectation. He's a four-year-old and not a three-year-old. So you put the 10 nappies beside his bed. And you say, when those 10 nappies are gone, that's it. And then it'll take a day or two and weirdly I might give him a few more prunes that those few days and I might have given him in another time or oranges or anything that sort of gets the bow going just to help it along. You've got to be really patient and you've got to high-five him when he does it and I think you'll find within a few weeks the whole thing will be forgotten and he'll be doing poops in the toilet.
0: Excellent. Always a good conversation to have. Yeah, always. This is an email from Helen yep. about a just turned three-year-old. Yeah. Apparently, they used to be a phenomenal sleeper and mm-hmm. self-settler until about a month after moving into a king single bed from a cot. And this was done at around two two years, nine months. Oh, yeah. Old. Yep. He suddenly demands us to stay in his room until he falls asleep and when he wakes in the night, usually around 1 a.m. My husband goes to sleep in his bed with him for the rest of the night, as when we tried the tough love approach of repeatedly walking him back to his bed and he'd cry and wake the baby, who was waking around five times a night when he was younger. So we don't need to add further wakings. We don't want him coming in our bed, as we all then sleep poorly. If we leave his room before he's dropped to sleep, he keeps jumping out of bed, screaming and crying. At least he stays lying down quietly if we sit on the chair and wait. However, it's now starting to ruin our only kid-free time of the day because some days we are sitting in his room for an hour (laughs) while he rolls around trying to go to sleep. And before we know it, it's nine o'clock and we have to go to bed soon ourselves. He has white noise his beloved bunny comforters, and a dummy still. And we used to literally just walk him to bed, kiss and a cuddle, shut the door, and he'd go to sleep. And we wouldn't hear from him until 7 a.m. He still has a day nap from around 1 till 3. And I currently sit in his room, but it usually takes only five minutes for him to drop to sleep most days. And she has to normally wake him around 3. What has happened to our previous dream sleeper? And how do we stop having to sit on the chair in his room until he falls asleep? and also stop the nighttime bed hopping for his poor dad. So they, they suspect he might be suddenly scared of the dark, so they leave his door half open and a hallway light on, which has at least stopped the crying when he wakes in the night. So he doesn't wake our new, now eight-month-old baby, and he just walks quietly to our
1: room. Okay. So, <laughs> he's a three-year-old, and he said, a lovely time, so you don't want him to sleep in your bed, but someone's quite happy to sleep in his bed. So, he's already got a confused message. Can't come into our bed, but we're quite happy to go into your bed. Secondly, he's a three year old. He has loads of control. I'm not going to sleep until you sit there. And weirdly grown adults sit there and go, Why am I sitting here? <laughs> <laughs> Thirdly, and the big one, he's still having two hours sleep and he's a three year old. He's having far too much sleep in the day for him to go down easily at night to sleep all night. So, over the next week or two, we're going to drop his day sleep. He's three and this is really sad and have a little cry and then take a deep breath because he will go to sleep in five minutes and no one will have to sit with him and also he will sleep all night and he will get better sleep. So the reason he needs a two hours in the day is because his sleep is so disrupted at night. So the first thing I would do this weekend is only let him have one hour sleep. So have him up by two, so popping him down at one, getting him up at two and then put him to bed at 7.30, because you're asking him to sleep for two hours in the day and go back to sleep at seven o'clock at night. And I, you know, three-year-olds, they're busy, eight-month-olds are busy. You want that downtime, but actually, if we get the timing right, it might fix some of this problem. So one hour sleep, up by two, down at 7.30. Don't change anything else you're doing other than the timing. Do that for a few days, see what fixes. You know, does he go to sleep quicker? Does he sleep better at night? Um, then if you do that for a few nights, it makes no difference to what's going on at night. You're going to drop the one hour sleep to a 20 minute nap incidentally. Accidentally is more what it is. In a car, coming home from something, still has to be awake by two, still has to go down at 7.30. Then if that doesn't work, so I'm trying to keep some sleep, that doesn't work you've got to get rid of the day sleep so I do it over a weekend because you'll need everybody to help you out as i.e. if your husband to distract him don't let him go to sleep at four o'clock which is when he's going to get really antsy bring his dinner early a little bit he'll still go to bed at seven o'clock the first week or two when you drop the day sleep but I bet he goes to sleep just by rolling over and sleeps all night So before we wag our finger and tell him to go back to sleep and tell him he's naughty and yell at him at three in the morning because everybody's been up, let's just modify where he's at and see if that just fixes the problem. Good luck, Helen. Here's so you getting
0: adult time back. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully that all works. Look, we have time for one more question. This is from Lauren. Yep. My 21-month-old has recently, in the last three months, started hitting, pushing, and generally being rough with other children, including my four-year-old. Oh. We try to tell him no, be gentle, and we don't hit. But he doesn't comprehend and often laughs or smiles. We sometimes do time out especially when he deliberately hits his brother and he knows that he has to say sorry and give his brother a cuddle, which he does willingly. We're concerned that his behaviour is getting worse and we don't want children at childcare to be affected by this. What what strategies can we employ to discourage this behaviour? He's a very resilient child and rarely feels pain or cries when he falls over or off things, and I feel like he doesn't understand how to be gentle or soft. Our first child was nothing like this, so it's a challenge for us. Please help. P.S. He is an excellent sleeper and eater, so I know this is more a behavioural problem than him being tired or hungry.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a behavioural problem. I wouldn't think it was tired or hungry either. And it's a common behavioural problem. I think the fact that your four-year-old never did it, it's come quite as a shock that this little one is doing it. But if you look at 21-month-olders or anybody from 18 months to two and above, they are, what I say, hitters, kickers or biters at some point in there. So I think you've nailed it that he doesn't understand what he's doing because it's unintentional. He's not, I don't think he's doing it intentional, but he knows the reaction. So he knows if he hits his brother, that if he says, sorry, then that fixes it. So he doesn't actually quite understand the meaning of sorry just yet. He knows why we say it, but he do- it doesn't mean anything. He hasn't stopped hitting him. So... Some of this behaviour is because he sees bigger kids doing it. It's mimicked through his play and through his care. And some of it is just push and shove. So what you need to know is you now know that he is that child that might push and shove. So I do, this is going to take a few days, but I do a lot of concentrated staying quite close to him um, while he's playing. And even if he vaguely looks like he's going to hit or kick, or punch, or pinch, or whatever he's doing, you're going to intervene with distraction. So if he goes up to his brother, and his brother's drawing, and he's going up to his brother, and his brother can't see him, pretty much we know that he's probably going to go and try and hit him. So at that point, you need to be really aware, and you say to him, I want you to come back here and help mummy do whatever. Rearrange the Tupperware cupboard, bang with the wooden spoons. Just Distract him out of that behavior, and the more you distract him out of that behavior, the less he'll do it. So, the odd time that he does do it, and you give him time out for it every time because he's doing something physically to someone, then it will mean more to him. So, he's not at the age where sorry works because we can tell him to say sorry, but sorry works when you say, And why are you sorry? So, that's sort of the three and four year old level. And they repeat back, because I hit my brother or because I threw the cup or whatever the thing is. So that you're, you're getting him to mimic it, but he doesn't really understand why because he's repeatedly doing it. So I think if we can use distract and he's doing it less and less, the few times he, he does do it and you time him out will be far more effective. And that's all that will be needed.
0: Okay, good luck, Lauren. Um, and that's all we have time for, unfortunately, on this episode of Helpline and Feed Play Love. If you're watching us via the Babyology Facebook page, thank you so much for all of your questions. Before I let you go, though, um, we have been having a few videos on Facebook, what we're calling a deep dive for her oh, Helpline. Yes extra so we've taken the topics that chris gets asked all the time and done short videos so that you can get a bit more of a bit more detail about those topics and this tuesday it's going to be starting solids oh yeah so watch out for that on the babyology facebook page if you'd like to get some more tips on that chris thank you so much for your time today always a pleasure There's nothing quite like having kids to shift your life priorities. Sometimes they shift so far you don't really know what your goals are anymore. Danielle Colley is here to help you find them.
1: I think that having a greater understanding of um, our thoughts, where our thoughts are coming from, um, sort of even thinking about them critically, you know, what where is that coming from? Why am I thinking that? Is this thought helpful to me? No, you know, and and uh, and having that sort of understanding that it, we do have automatic negative thoughts. These thoughts do pop up in our head, and. Are they actually helping us in our days or are they holding us back?
0: Danielle will be on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. She's a life coach on a mission and she's got lots of things you need to know. Join me for her wonderful chat. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.